Welcome to the ministry of the International Christian Assembly in Southeast Spain. We are here for the purpose of worshiping God and reaching others with love. We pray that as you listen, you will be inspired and challenged in your walk with God. Good morning, everyone. Um, today we had to do a little bit of everything, partially because Pastor Carlos is uh, not with us. You saw him, but then he disappeared. You scared him. He left. Actually, he is over at the Russian church, and a few minutes away, uh, they invited him to bring the word this morning. So there you go. I didn't know the boy spoke Russian, but there, he's, uh, <laughs> things you learn. <clears throat> he, uh, he was looking forward to it. We have, uh, uh, we have a good relationship with uh, that church. Uh, uh, including the fact that uh, uh, at least one of their youth uh, comes to our youth group, comes to w- uh, one of our uh, Bible classes that we're doing right now on Thursdays. And uh, so there's, uh, there's good uh, rapport between Let me ask you a question. Let's see how honest you are on this one. Give me a show of hands. I don't do the show of hands too much. Give me a show of hands. How many of you like, how many of you, and I will underline, like change? You like change. Oh, look at that, a little more than I thought. Oh, yeah, you're the adventurism ones, eh? You get bored quickly. Sort of like my daughter studies an entire career, and then after three years, she's like, I want to do this for the rest of my life. I'm going to go study another career. That's all right. Then in about three years, you'll get bored with that one, and you just spend all your life in the university. Um, that's okay. That's okay. If you like change, it's good. Uh, it's good. Most people don't like change, you know. There's some things I don't like them when they change. I have to sort of get used to. Right now, my wife and I are house hunting. We have been uh, given notice. So we have to abandon the house that we have been in for 11 years. I think they got tired of renewing us. I, I, don't, I don't know. Anyway, so change. Oh, man, move. I did not, I am just not looking forward to moving. Do you know how much junk my wife collected over these years in that house? I mean, give me a break. Sorry, honey. (laughs) Let me ask you a question. Who likes to fail? Who likes to fail? Who looks forward to failing? You know, nobody, right? So why then do individuals or collective groups at times fail? Well, partially is the, the whole thing of change. They don't like it when things change, and so they, we push back when there's change. But also because there are certain principles we do not necessarily practice when it comes to the body, to the, uh, what are the elements, and that's the title of our message, the elements or some of the elements of success. 
And we're going to draw those from the scripture that was read to us this morning. Now, right now, you should be thinking, what is pastor saying? Change? Failure? What's happening? What's going to change? Well, actually, to be honest with you, yeah, there is change coming. You know, the deacons know uh, we're, it's nothing drastic. It's good change. But we can't just jump into it. We, we have to be together in this. We have to know the why, the reasons, the purposes, so that we can embrace certain changes as they, as they begin to take place. Um, I would say part of uh, what I did in the States, though I went for this um, memorial service for Mr. Turo, I took uh, the opportunity to meet with a few people to sort of help them or ask them to help us in, in, in coming to this change that is coming down the line, you know? And uh, so, but before we talk about change and we talk about what's going to happen, all right, it's, it's nothing big, relax, it's, but anything is, you know. Uh, you remember when you walked in a year and a half ago and you saw the chairs the way they were put? Didn't you say, oh, I don't like that. Come on now, didn't you say that? Right? Right. Give me a few more months and then we're going to put all the chairs back together again and you're going to come back and you're going to say, oh, no, I don't like that. I don't like that. But you can live with it, right? So some change is necessary right now. Social distancing. And some change uh, is needful, and some you think, I can live with it, no big deal. But you got to prepare for it, right? All right, so let's do some preparing. The Bible describes the church as a foal, and it has a pastor. Um, the Bible says that we are one body, and we have a head. It says that uh, we are a house made of many stones, but there is a, a cornerstone, the chief stone. In each uh, metaphor, the members of many, the sheep have a shepherd, the, head has, uh, the, the body has a head, uh, the house has a cornerstone. And as long as we always remember these things and put them in the right place, well, then we'll embrace change as something that comes from God when we do it together. How then do we pretend for the body, and for those sheep who are so different? We are different, are we not? Do we accept that? We're different. You know, just different. We have different nationalities. We have different backgrounds. We, some, have come from different denominations. Um, some of us uh, have different taste. Some of you support English football. I'm okay with that. I'm all right with that. 
I mean, your choice. Some of us support the right teams. <laughs> they dress in white. Some of you support that other team. They're white, I mean, they're red and, 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 um, um, and uh, blue, and, and they're really doing bad right now. Poor guys, I really feel bad for them. We're different, right? Here's something that often we don't hear. The riches in the body, the richness of the body of Christ lies in diversity. It really is. Now, how would it be if we were all the same? If we all thought the same, dressed the same, acted the same? Besides the fact that we would be robots, how dull, you know? I mean, really, how dull it would be. One of the things that's that sort of um, edged into my memory in my visit to India was the colors. Man, when, when the, wherever there were people, it was just a sea of colors, and you never realized, wow, there's so many colors. You know, we, we do blue, we do gray, we do black. Some of you are valiant and do red, you know, purple, you know. But man, they do colors, you know. I mean, talk about variety. So what makes the body rich is the variety because we bring to that body uh, the, the flavor of many ideas. Let's pray and let's, uh, let's see what we got here for today. Father, would you guide us this morning? Speak to our hearts, Lord, the purpose that you would unite us, Father, certainly that you would put us on the right track. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. The elements of success. So that is why God has given different gifts uh, to balance the uh, function of the church. And uh, and, in times past, we talked about spiritual gifts, and we're doing it right now in the Spanish church. And, you know, the, the, the purpose of these gifts, uh, there are seven motivational gifts, and the purpose of those gifts are so that in that balance, we're able to make things work for that, uh, through that diversity. As the church of Christ, or as a local assembly, uh, we want also to succeed. Jesus wants his church to succeed, so he has given to us spiritual gifts. To all a gift. <clears throat> as, a, as, as the body of Christ, it continues to move forward in some countries in one form, under one banner, and other countries different, but it's still the body of Christ. Denominations sometimes vary from country to country in how they act. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's interesting, until you've actually traveled and seen it in a variety of ways, you don't realize how colorful the body of Jesus Christ is around the world. But what about the local assembly, the local one, the one we tend to support, be at, learn from? <clears throat> the first thing we want to look at today is just simply unity, unity. 
the element in any success of a team, of a group, even of an individual, is unity. Because if you're divided among yourself, you got problems. I mean, even in your mind, you got to be united. So there is this need for unity. Ephesians 1, 4, 1 through 16 speaks of the unity and it describes how God has provided so that the unity can indeed exist. And, and, and we'll look quickly at some of these passages. But I want to work at uh, just verse 1 for now. We're going to be very quick through this. I'm not going to do all 16 verses, trust me. I, for Paul says, the prisoner of the Lord urge you, he says, to walk in a manner worthy. Walk in a manner worthy. Now, in that next verse, he then says that this manner should include humility, gentleness, patience, bearing one another. But notice verse 3, it says, eager to maintain unity. See, all of that is to maintain unity. If, if, there, isn't, if there isn't collective humility, if there isn't gentleness, if there isn't patience, there will never be hum, uh, unity. So he's calling this manner of life, this way of walking is about unity. Verses 3 through 6 is uh, this mentioned unity. And he's going to give us something that is supposed to unite us. So beginning at verse 3, and I will read to you, it says, Eager to maintain the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. He says... There is, and here's the example, there is, and this is the unity, there is, this is what we cannot bargain with. There is one body, one spirit, just as you were called to one hope that belongs to your call, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father for all, who is over all, and through all, and in all. Now, we should stop and take that apart. But um, what we see, obviously, is the oneness. Okay? Um, football doesn't have cheerleaders. And I'm not uh, advocating one way or the other. But uh, some sports do, right? Uh, American football has cheerleaders. Basketball has cheerleaders. You know, and, and, and you always hear them, you know, in their chants and they're yelling and screaming, you know. At some point, they talk about unity, you know, like the team has to, you know, united, we can beat them. Well, because it's common sense, right? Uh, any team sport uh, has the word team and they say there is no I in team. And, and you know, I've heard all the illustrations and all the analogies. Yes, there are individual stars, but uh, listen, I may like an individual star, but I don't care how good um, Beckham was, he couldn't play one against 11, you know. It just wouldn't work, right? He needed the other 10, right? Right. So, so collectively, we understand this unity when we work and do things together. So the strength in unity lies in the diversity. Now, if you have a football team and they're all strikers, 
you might get some goals in, but you're going to get a lot of goals against you, right? No defenders. So you have to have a diversity of talents in the team. Diversity in the church. Now there's a difference between identity, not individuality. You are not just a robot. God, you know the Bible says God knows you by name. He has the hairs in your head counted. He, he knows the ones that are white and the ones that are, you know, black. And he knows the ones that are gray. If, there, uh, if there's any of those, he can tell the difference. It's just who he is because he knows you. So it's about not uh, the individuality, but the identity. We are, in identity, we are different. And God has made us that way. Now, the first step toward failure, towards defeat, is what? Division, right? When there is division, now you have a body divided into two. Jesus said regarding something like this, he said, a house divided against itself can't what? Can't stand. Right? It just is not able to. So whatever unity means, we know it cannot be division. You 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 learn to find common grounds even in the things that we might not agree. Those of you who are married, I am about to ask a question. Do not answer it lest you get jabbed or something like that. But, I mean, really, do you agree 100% with your mate? Do you see everything the same way and, you know, dot all the I's in the same place, cross all the T's? Mm, I don't think so. But you've chosen the common ground, right? You've chosen the common ground. Division is introduced by the enemy of the church, Satan. And if he can make us fight, backbite, lose trust, speak evil of each other, then he's happy. We have always, as a church, always um, worked hard to keep unity. You know, I can tell when things are right just by walking in here on a Sunday. Sunday because it's when there's the most of, uh, of you here, the Bible studies, you know, but they're, they're easier to, for the unity and stuff, to, and there you're there to study and sometimes to have different opinions, but you notice everybody, nobody walks away, you know, with a physical wound, that's always good. You know, but, but when I walk in here on Sunday, I can sense when, when, when the chatter is good chatter, when, when, when the feeling is good. And, and I tell you what, I would say for the most part, all these years, it's always been a good feeling. But we work at it. We, we, we actually work at it because we think unity is important and because we know our enemy. We're in a class right now in the Spanish church where we are talking about, we gotta get to know our enemy. If we don't get to know our enemy, we don't know how he attacks. 
if we don't know how he attacks, then he can catch us by surprise. So if he can make us fight and bicker and lose trust, we lose strength. So if change is put forth at some point, before you have a conniption, by the way, um, I used that word with a couple of people and they said, what is that? And I thought, what? Y'all don't use that word conniption in the UK? Eh, eh, eh. Okay, okay, before you have a heart attack, <laughs> stop and think that this is always about the whole, the entirety, not just the individuality. We have to do some military reconnaissance. Make sure that any decision, any change that is made, it's for the good of the body, always. But sometimes one might say, but I don't like change. And we say, well, it's okay. We'll walk with it together. We'll, we'll walk through the change together. So let us just recognize that the real enemy will always be the divider and the deceiver and the liar and the one who wishes to kill, steal, and destroy. Not the people that are sitting in the room with you. That's not the enemy. Never. That's never the enemy. Number two. If we find unity, then we need to have direction. God said that we are to walk in this unity. And in verses 12 and 13, he's going to give us the direction to equip the saints for the work of the ministry, for building up the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood to the measure of the statue of the fullness of Christ. That's a mouthful between those two verses. So direction is simply to have a goal. What's the goal? What's the purpose of all that is done within the, um, the bounds of ICA? Uh, someone said that if you don't... Uh, have goals, if you don't aim at something, then you're always going to hit it, right? If you're not aiming at anything and you shoot, you hit it. You hit whatever, that, that, that's good enough. But that's not how we live, right? We, we live with a purpose. We live with a goal. We live for a reason behind the things that we choose to do. And what we need to find is the right direction, we must have a means to measure service. Now, a church is here for the purpose of serving you. But have this ever dawned on you that we are here to serve you, but who's the church? Yeah, I'm not the church. I'm the big mouth in the church, but I'm not the church. So... Now, follow with me for a second. Just, if the church is here to serve you, who does the serving? Yeah, you. But 
Because that is what the body does. It ministers to each other. It is here because you have needs. And they go, they range from emotional, physical, and of course spiritual. And those needs are better met in a, in a body than individually, right? Uh, what's this we say? Uh, many hands make... Right? So always a little help from my friends. You Brits know that one. You know, it comes good, right? A little help from my friends, that's good. <clears throat> there are three thermometers in this passage regarding the body, the, whether it's local or whether it's universal, but in this case, we're talking local. Number one, equipping. Equipping the saints. That's what we're here for, to equip each other for life. That while we're here, we try to do it right. Equipping ourselves with the right equipment, the word of God, the principles of the word of God, the purposes that God has left in written form for us to find. Equipping, building up. We're to build up the group. Um, um, I wanted to use an illustration. I should have jumped on it because I mentioned it to someone else. Is anybody, you guys, y'all, this is definitely your, should be your age. Uh, you guys remember Bambi, the cartoon, years ago, a thousand years ago when it came out? Remember Bambi, right? Now, there was a guy in Bambi, he was a little rabbit, right? It was a, a young rabbit, and they, his name was Thumper, remember? Remember why Thumper? I can't do it. I remember when Thumper saw Bambi for the first time and, and Bambi's trying to get up and walk, you know, and she's falling down and, and he starts laughing at Bambi. He says, oh, Bob, you don't know how to walk or something like that, you know. Remember what the mother said? Now, Thumper, what have I said to you, you know? And he drops his head and and you got nothing good to say. I don't say anything at all. <laughs> easy lesson to learn, right? It's so easy. Build up means that you are here with the purpose of encouraging the body. And if you got nothing good to say, then don't say anything at all. And you know what the Bible says to that? Even a wise, even, even a fool, if he is kept quiet, seems wise. You know, so we'll just count you for wise. And then, of course, the unity of the faith. Not, not, not uniformity. Not robots, you know, not uniformity. All look the same, act the same, quack the same, you know. No, no, unity, which means common ground, right? We have people here from various denominations, people who grew up in different areas, who speak different languages. And the idea is find a common ground. And, and if you don't know what the most important common ground is, let me tell you. Most important common ground, number one, Jesus. Jesus and only Jesus. 
can make the way to God. When he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, no man comes unto the Father but by me, we take that literally. When he said, I am the door, we take that literally. We, we, we just simply believe that Jesus, when he said, I am it, then there's no other it. So, common ground. Those, those are things that we draw from scripture. Common ground is the fact that we believe that this is the word of God. This wasn't man-made, man-invented. We've answered the questions collectively, individually. Where did the Bible come from? How did we get it? How has it survived all these years? There's a science to that. And if you don't know, we're glad to answer your questions. We even have papers we can give to you. Unity. Common ground. I don't have to like the car you drive. I might not be able to afford the car you drive. You know? So, but that's okay. That's all right. Look, I don't get on your case for eating chip buddies. You know, it to me is, that is culturally rude in my country. But when I'm in your country, listen, I'll grab that piece of bread. I'll put that butter on it. I'll put those chips instead of french fries, you know, on there. And I'll make a sandwich and I'll eat it without ketchup. <laughs> because there's a common ground of respect and love. And understand, unity doesn't necessarily mean that everything about you it, you know, rings perfect with me. But the essentials do. And if you are a child of God, I'll tell you this. I already love you. Because we have a common father. You already matter to me. Because we have a common goal. We have a common destiny. That's unity. Even if there is if there are a few things that we may not see eye to eye. What's the purpose? Verse 14. Here's the purpose. Why all these things? Verse 14 then tells us what the purpose is. Oh dear, I didn't see the time. So that we may no longer be what? Childish. And that children, the word children there is not there to remind you that you're now an adult. No, it's to remind you you know, you're not a child, meaning you're not, you're not to be childish. All right? So that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunningness, by craftiness and deceitful uh, schemes. Since because we are to be united, not just every time something different occurs, I get my feathers ruffled or I have a conniption. New word for you. So it's useless for us to be united and to be, uh, and to have direction if we don't have a directive. So we got to get to the third point. There's got to be a directive. We must have a recognized authority and be subject to that authority. And now you're saying, oh, I knew he was going to get to this. 
Number three, directive. Verse 15 and 16. Verse 16, verse 15 and 16. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with, with which it is equipped when each part is working properly makes the body grow so that it is built itself up in love. The directive is Christ. He is the head. We, we don't forget that. I'm not the chief shepherd. I'm just a shepherd. And I have a chief shepherd. I might be the shepherd of a flock, but I'm still a sheep. There is directive. Jesus said, if I Jesus said, if I, in John chapter 12, verse 32, if I be lifted up, will draw all men unto myself. Because he's the directive, not us. You can lift me up all you want. It ain't going to do much, by the way. The plan, the purpose of leadership of this church is and will be to exalt the name of Jesus Christ. You know, we belong to a group, to a denomination, not really, it's more a fellowship, it's not even a denomination. You don't hear about it often here. You kind of have to hang around here long enough before someone says something. Today, you, it's, that, oh, it's, it's visible because we have the bundles of love coming. This is November, we, we got it together. We help the children that, uh, that AMG works and that's about the only time you hear much about AMG because that's not what's important. Someone said to me, why don't I preach every Sunday? Because I'm not the one that's important. I like teaching men to preach. I mean, I could drop dead tomorrow. That is a possibility, folks. You know that, right? And then what's going to happen? Oh, the church is going to close. I hope not. I hope that other men will just simply take the place. Because we are not the directive. Jesus is the directive. He is the one that is worth following. Christ is in his, when he is in his proper place, in his proper authority, he will orchestrate the rest of the structure in a proper way. So let's always lift Christ up. Everything we do for his name, for his purpose, for his reason, and things will just, he'll explain to us perhaps what small details need to go. Um, I, I, I should let you know that verse 8 talks about gifted men. And uh, the idea is those who have been given ministry, the ministry of. And then he mentions what those gifts are. Uh, he says he gave some as, you know, and he goes through apostles, prophets, uh, evangelists, uh, teachers, pastors. The purpose described there is as follows. Why are they there? Really to work, to equip, to build up, to bring unity. That's the job. That's always been the job. To keep 
Christ-focused in the minds and in the hearts of all. So God chooses to work through gifted men or these men that he gives. That's what he said and that's what it is. Without directive, there will be no direction. And if Jesus isn't leading us, we're going to have a crash. So we always have to go back and readjust. Make sure we know who we're following. And trust me, it is our desire to always lift up Christ. No matter what big change is brought. Whether it's moving chairs and dividing them and, and making some individuals, that's even to, build, to, 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 to honor Christ because he says obey your authority. So we're obeying. And they don't obey too much. <laughs> hey, they're youth. They have special dispensation. They live forever. Our future will be as bright and as light as we shine forth Christ. That's the reason we exist. Then it'll always be. And when the church loses focus on Christ, that's when it begins to die. And we have to make that correction constantly. Renew the focus. What are we aiming for? This isn't about surviving so that we can be here just to be here. You know, this is because we're here to honor Christ and to do what he said, to build the saints, to equip the saints, to unite the saints. So our future will be as bright and as, 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 as well lit as we raise Christ. So I just conclude with this. Let us ask great things of God. Let us ask great things of God. When we, when we start to announce some of those changes, then let's get behind and let's ask miraculous things of God. But as we ask, one wise man said, then expect great things from God. Let's stand as we close in prayer. Father, thank you. Serving your church has always been, will always be that which brings the greatest joy because we are your church. Serving your church means we serve one another. And there's a reason why the Bible is full of illustrations of unity because we have an enemy and that enemy would choose to divide us for the silliest of things before we can even begin to talk about good changes ahead we have to remember that nothing can be done properly if we do not start with unity we have your spirit father we have all the tools to succeed. Thank you for your word in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.
Thank you for listening to the ministry of the International Christian Assembly, a ministry of AMG Spain and AMG International. For more information, please visit our website at www.icatorrevieja.org. This audio file is not copyrighted.